Welcome back to another installment of Odd Fish. I'm your host, Pranav. This is also your host, Rish. Why did you say my name too? Dude, you can't what? You can't talk in the British oh, accent. Oh, I can totally dude. talk in the oh British accent. God. What's wrong with the British accent? Oh my I'm god. I'm from Britain. He's, I been, can... he's been doing this all week. <laughs> it's been driving everyone nuts. There's not too much more of this I can take. All right, here. Here's Mate, it's what, totally here's, okay. Shut, People want to see. Here's what we're gonna do. You can <laughs> you can have the accent till the intro theme plays, and then once that when happens, you're the, done. All right, I'll just keep talking then, and the intro team doesn't have to come in yet. We just keep talking about the podcast and how we're gonna be performing and how we're going to be putting ourselves in the limelight and people are really going to enjoy the new accent i think it's a pace, it's a change of pace it's a it's a change of tone they're going to enjoy it no one's enjoying okay if you enjoy the accent then you can tweet us at hashtag oddfish to let us know you enjoy it but we know you're not going to enjoy it <laughs> all right fine cue the intro <laughs> Today we're going to talk about being a performer and this was this was actually inspired by Rish's sister who turns out is absolutely incredible and and clearly the more talented child in the family but um hey <laughs> no we can't do that anymore fine i mean it's damn it <laughs> it's true she's better than me all right we get it basically about a week ago about a week ago sorry about a week ago my sister had a classical indian dance performance and um pranav was there pranav's family was there um and uh, it was a big show there's like a lot hundreds of people came and she'd been practicing for months on end and it was one of those stages like you know getting your belt you know in in karate or something is that that sort of equivalent thing in classical indian dance and um it was a big deal a lot of people came she performed really well it went completely smoothly and um yeah so from that is what we we decided that you know it might be a good idea to talk about the whole concept of being a performer putting yourself in the limelight and um you know, performing an art or something to an, an audience um and whether you know all the all the backstage stuff that goes on, not just literally backstage, but all the stuff that goes on in your head, the preparation, the practice, um, all the time that goes into it, and then eventually on the day of the performance, what you know, what happens backstage, what happens, um, all the anxiety, everything that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, right. Because while everybody else was watching Rish's sister like from the audience, the two of us were backstage, kind of working some of the more technical things while she was doing it, and so that gave that gave me the opportunity to kind of see see both sides of the performance, what the audience sees and what they don't see. And that made me think a lot about, man, like being a performer is really wild. I don't know what Rich was thinking about. Probably about, probably (laughs) thinking about how he was the inferior sibling, but I was, I I was thinking about how crazy it is to just like to be a performer and know that like you have no idea what's going to happen when you're on stage for the duration of how long this is going on. You just, you just know like this is what you've been training for and like the smallest thing could mess it up. It's just this, it's this insane phenomenon that happens. And so, and, and that, it's, 
that's the other thing that we we have a little bit more of a grasp on this topic because we've both performed before and you know we've been in that situation maybe not as grand of a scale that my sister was performing at but definitely right. um we we have some sort of knowledge and and um previous experience with performing whether it's ex- performing in front of a crowd with live music or something something like that dancing singing whatever it is or if it's just a you know art show or a, a architecture um you know, like studio pre- presentation, it, all of those are smaller performances They're, that definitely, yeah, they, they definitely count. They are performances exactly. that do factor into this whole, like, right. And it's, it's so crazy how it works to me anyway, just cause like, it's not, it's not similar to static art the way, like the way what we do for architecture is you can mm-hmm. work, uh, you can work on this like project for however long and, and your end result is qualitative of how long you've worked on it. But this performance, like you could totally like, something could happen right before and that yeah. just screws everything up and everything goes to waste. Or you could have like a really good show despite not having prepared for it enough just cause, just cause of the adrenaline. And it's, it's so crazy how this works because you can never make a promise that you know, you're going to keep, you can't say, watch this show. It's going to be great. You have no idea if it's going to be great. And that's, what's like, it's so scary. It's, it's so dynamic and in the moment that yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, anything can change. I mean, whether it's like, even if it's a dance performance and you've practiced months on end and you've got all the right moves and you've got all the right uh, timing, right. And everything like that, you could still miss a step. And then, you know, the whole thing goes to waste. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or at least not to waste, but the, you know, you, you fall and something happens and screws it up and doesn't go according to plan. Or even if it's a, like, let's say it's an F1 race, you know, you've, you've run the lap a million times. You've practiced the thing, you know, exactly how the car works. you you've done this so many, so many times. It's basically mental memory or muscle memory now. But then, you know, tire goes flat, you hit a wall, something, something. And then that's what you're remembered for, right? Like nobody, nobody cares how many hours you've put in before. And that's why it's like, it's so crazy. And I feel like, I feel like as a society, we do have this like infatuation with performances. Like people, absolutely. yeah, people will like sell out tickets for ridiculous prices to Mm -hmm. go to like any sort of like live show or sporting event. And like, as, as you know, from the UT football game, like (laughs) (laughs) people, people love seeing live performances when you really, when you really have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. And, and that, that, that sort of thing comes more from the, the fame aspect of it, you know, building your name, building the fame, building the crowd that, you know, stands behind you and supports you regardless. And I think when you get to that level, it's a whole different ballgame. That that part of the territory is not so much of what we can talk about, but it's still in the same realm. I mean, performing on a giant crowd with millions of people watching you is still a performance at the end of the day. And no matter how much you practice, like what we're talking about still applies to them. And all the stuff that they go through is probably the same thing that any small performer goes through too in terms yeah, of right. what you have to do at the end of the day to get there. And um, in terms of all the the work and stuff we've definitely both experienced how many hours of practice it would take and how much hard work it takes to get there um and i don't know if there, there's no simple way to do that there's not like a how-to book and you can't just go read something and be like oh this is how you do it this is how you practice this is how you perform everybody's different everybody learns differently and yeah i wish there were my my golden rule has always been uh shit what is it hold on hold on let me let me think of <laughs> here's my golden rule uh yeah okay okay here here it is okay my thing is always perform like you're the best but practice like you're the worst because i i really believe that if you don't have that like confidence to walk in a room full of people and 
and really see yourself as the best one there, even if it's not true, if you don't have the confidence to visualize that, I don't mm-hmm. think it's possible to be a good performer. But that's just that's just my that's one my of the big opinion. like visualization is one of the biggest things because so performing like we said can be on any level. And my um, I, I played soccer for almost all my life, and one of my uh, favorite coaches used to say. Before we walked onto the field or when we're getting in the car, when you're leaving from home, he always used to tell us to visualize the steps that you're going to do. Visualize the moves you're going to make, the passes you're going to play, the the goals you're going to score, um, anything like that, the, the tackles you're going to make. Visualize it the day before. Visualize it the night before when you go to bed. Visualize oh, it on the, yeah, on the way to the game. Eat, sleep, and breathe it, exactly. especially when it's like right upon you. And it's it's so important. Like I, I remember I every time I got in the car, my dad would be driving and I just be thinking about you know the passes I'm gonna make and and the plays I'm gonna play, the the way the ball is gonna come to me, the way I'm gonna pass it back to the next player. It's like it's just like this muscle memory thing that I used to have on check, yeah. and even when I do that, even when you do that, you still get to the field and then there's a sort of sense of like nervousness. You hit the stage and you don't know what's gonna happen there because no matter what, you can't prepare yourself. Like no matter how many times you try, you can't prepare yourself for what's actually happening in the moment. Right, you know? at least a hundred percent, you can't be. Yeah. And, um, that's the scary part. That's that's why there's this whole element of nerves and and anxiety and um, you know not 100 percent confident about yeah. what's gonna happen because you don't know what's gonna happen and anything could change. And it may not be very fun to be in that position yourself, but it's like it's really amazing to watch like from from the audience because you have because you can only imagine the kind of nerves that 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 the person that you're watching is feeling, and it's so. It's so incredible when you see a good performer take it all in stride and handle it with ease, and it seems like it seems like that's the role that they're born for. Well, yeah, and it's it's also one thing like I know with soccer, at least uh, the weight is definitely on your shoulders, but then you also have this team supporting you in the back, right? You've got your coach, you got your parents, but then you you've also got everybody else who's the on players the players on the field, right? And yeah. they're literally with you, you know, holding your hand. You're gonna get with it you're going to get through the game with them, you know, all 11 of you on the same team. And that's a completely different experience than being on a stage by yourself. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so with you speaking like from your background as a soccer player and me as an orchestra musician, how do you think that performing as part of a collective is different from being an individual? I, like I said, I think, I think it's like, I think it's like if you're, if you're playing a game, um, together or if you're doing anything together everyone's sort of holding hands and you've got everyone's got each other's back it's like one one big trust fall sort of a thing you know yeah and that is there's a sort of there's a sense of comfort in that in knowing that you have their back and they have yours that mutual agreement that's been set forth and that chemistry is already there and that's that's one of the most important things in terms of any competition or pro or performance that is a team collaboration and Half of that, or not even half of that, a, a portion of that anxiety, that stress, that um, those nerves that are in you are sort of balanced out by everyone else being there. And having someone else there is definitely, I think it's better um, just in terms of the quality of the performance and how you're able to handle it when you get on that stage. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think, and there's also like a huge mental element to it. Like if I can see like the clarinet soloist who's going right before me or whatever it is, if I can see somebody else just holding it down, super calm, super confident, Mm -hmm. then that kind of like instills that confidence in me just a little bit. And I'm able to perform better when I'm up there. Just seeing somebody in your same position handle things like really well makes you kind of think that like, okay, like it's, it's no big deal. Like this guy's doing it. I'm going to be fine too. And and in that same way, you can also have an effect on the other people that you're performing with, right? It yeah. works both ways. Yeah. And I, I, I used to, um, when I when I used to dance in dance, there's also an element of uh, sort of 
you can follow what other people are doing, especially depending on where you are on stage. And depending on, you know, if somebody makes a mistake and they pick up after that, you're like, okay, you, you pick that up. I can keep going. I don't have to, you know, rely on myself to do anything. We're, yeah, we're all definitely. in this together sort of a thing. Yeah. Definitely. Shout out High School Musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. That I think with, with orchestra, though, um, I think there's one little element which I want to ask you about. And I don't know if it's a big difference maker or like a game changer, but you do have, um, you know, the ringleader. And he... Obviously, not his name is not the ringleader. I'm just forgetting the. You mean word like for the it. conductor? The conductor, dude. I'm yeah, totally, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'm <laughs> Basically, the conductor, the ringleader of the circus here. <laughs> the, He's <laughs> the circus. Bro. <laughs> but you've got someone in charge, you know? Like, yeah, for they're sure. guiding you through it, and it's not always like that, especially when you've got like a dance competition or something like that. When it's group people on stage, and that and that moment, it's just them on stage. But with the conductor, you've got someone guiding you through. How is that? Is there a difference in that at all? To be honest, any any good conductor would probably tell you that he or she does not do very much in the actual performance itself. Like the conductor, it's it's similar to a coach where they have like a huge part to play in rehearsal, but during during the actual concert, it really all comes down to the players and how well we can hold it together and what we've been what we've been working on. But uh I'd say that what's more important is the relationship between like the soloist and the audience. So like how are you how are you going to be like a solo with the rest of the orchestra how do you tell when it's like your moment versus somebody else's mm-hmm. moment and uh that to me is what makes an orchestra performance different from uh different from a lot of other things yeah i i don't know if it's the same cuz you're definitely at a much higher level than what my middle school band was at <laughs> <laughs> but when i used to when i was in band i definitely felt obviously i wasn't good enough so maybe that was part of it but I definitely felt like the conductor was guiding me through it and was there as a little bit of like a, a parental figure on stage, you know, cheering you on. And um, I don't, I guess it's not the same at, at a higher level, definitely because you have a lot more responsibility, that quality of the music is better. And um, I don't know, but that, there's a big difference in that too. And, um, and what you're saying about uh, what is it, speaking with the audience and um, communicating with them was also yeah. what something that we saw at my sister's performance too, where yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, she really connected with the audience, the expressions, the, you know, the, the moves are really, really um, sort of a communication. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And um, I think that's, that's really powerful too, because no matter what, at, at the end of the day, uh, in, that, in that art form, whether it's music or, um, you know, you got the biggest people on stage, you've got Beyonce and whoever else who perform at large, large scales with yeah. millions of people they're still able to connect with the people in the audience regardless of how many like songs they have on record and they just sort of lip sync or how many songs are actually singing they're still still able to create that connection whether it's through the music or through the actual physical performance of them being on stage and that's really powerful that's- and yeah it's crazy cuz Kanye's stage designer always says that um man what is it it's that like everybody in this concert is here for a one-to-one experience with the performer like a Mm -hmm. like a one-on-one just like conversation basically between the audience member and the performer yeah which is so crazy because there's so many people all just packed in there and they all want this one-on-one thing and it's so like how do you how do you achieve that as a performer right yeah and i think that a little bit of that boils down to what we were talking about in the previous episode too in terms of art and you know what purpose does that bring to the audience itself Right. And that's a whole another conversation we could have. But um, as a performer, you definitely want to bring some sort of a connection to the people and 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 
give them what they're looking for while also doing your art the way you practiced it, the way you perform it usually, and um, the way that's true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a big part of it. And um, the other part we're not really talking about yet, but we can we can step into is the whole concept of dynamic art and you know performances on stage versus static art like our architecture or if it's an yeah, art show right yeah I was, I was just about to say that actually but um what are some ways that you think performance art can be more powerful than static art or vice versa i think that goes uh, back to exactly what we we're just talking about in terms of connecting with the people right um because oftentimes static art uh the the artists themselves might not be present um at the time Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely at, in architecture, we have like our studio reviews and whatnot, and we are explaining the project to the professors or whoever else is there, and we're able to convey that connection th- to them in person. But if you go to a museum and there's a piece of art on the wall, the art is speaking to you at that point, you know, like the artist yeah, themselves is sure. not necessarily speaking to you in the specific way. So in that sense, the performance is way different than being on stage and doing slam poetry, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But also, what do you think about like, mindset you know because i feel like uh in a performance when you're facing this like this pressure and these nerves they can cause things to go wrong but they can also bring out the best in you that you would normally not get if you didn't feel this pressure if you didn't feel the risk of it yeah there's definitely uh, um an element of mindset in in dynamic performance or or like real-time performance just because that is also something you have to prepare for uh, yeah coming yeah. up to it you know and in more of static art that's not something you have to uh get ready for and, and and embrace yourself for right yeah you don't you don't really feel the pressure the nerves of the the thing that's about to happen yeah and i uh i don't know if i want to say that completely because so i i did a i did a i was part of an art show a, a few years ago and we had to we had to make five to seven pieces of art and we had a little uh, gallery and we put them all up and um the difference was for that one was that we had to stay there and we weren't necessarily standing this to the heart like our pieces ourselves, but we were there in the gallery and while people came and looked at them, we were sort of like, while you're tr- pretending like you don't want to look at your art, you're always kind of looking over and like, oh, who, are they looking at my stuff there? Are, are they like oh, yeah, critiquing yeah, my yeah. stuff? You know, that. you're kind of just looking over and making sure that they're not saying any bad shit. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. You know, it's like, it's like one of our studio reviews after everyone's done, like people are looking at your drawing and you're like, yeah, you've like, what are they saying? Come over <laughs> yeah. what they're saying? That's true. That's totally true. So there's a little bit of that, like nervousness, like, oh, what are people saying? Like, what are they going to um, talk about? And today, oh shit. Today with social <laughs> <laughs> today with social media and stuff, that's always happening. You put your music out there and then you immediately go into the replies and comments and everything. Oh, for sure. You already know we are asking everybody we know what they thought about our podcast because And thank we you know. so much, by the way. Thank you so much for everyone's like advice and helpful comments and everything. That's what makes us how bad oh, yeah, we are right we, now. Yeah, we've <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten some great feedback and we've gotten some not so great feedback but we definitely definitely value all of it yeah and so basically what we're trying to say is that whoever gave feedback this episode is going exactly how you wanted it to go so if it, if it is bad that's on you, you made homie it this way. <laughs> that's on you homie um but yeah there is that whole um element of internet and social media because everything goes on everything goes on twitter youtube that's Instagram true. these days yeah so whether it's static art or dynamic art you still have the same platform of social media which yeah, is for sure which is huge compared to if you take it 20 20 years back and you don't you don't have this the entire world looking at you basically you yeah. just have the people that came to the show 
Yeah. And that's that's crazy. That's a whole nother uh, audience you have to c- cater to. That is crazy, yeah. Do you remember do you remember that movie we watched? I forgot what it was called, but the one with uh the one with Kyle and Wreck-It that Ralph? No, not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one with Kyle. It was, it was called The After Party. That's right, what it was. Right. And so that movie is all about like being a performer and this guy uh this guy messes up this performance on stage and he gets like memed for it on the internet in the movie. <laughs> that's basically that's basically what happens. But uh but at the end he saves himself by like by like roasting his friend or whatever at this party and he doesn't doesn't even realize that the rest of the world is looking at him. So do you think that like do you think that performance can kind of happen unexpectedly? Absolutely. I think I think that comes from a lot of inherent talent and, you know, things that you've just been working on, working on in silence, like Pranav says for oh, a while. Dude, we're always we're always <laughs> making moves in silence around here. <laughs> but if you definitely like honed on those skills and been working on it for a while, it'll come out at any time. And that's true. That's like true talent. That's, that's Yeah, that's what makes performance special because there's no there's no faking it, you know, like exactly. it's, it's genuine. It is you. Yeah. But OK, on that point, though. Like we were just talking about Beyonce and, and Kanye and whoever else the the big guys you know yeah. Drake too if you want to oh uh, no we we don't want to we don't want to <laughs> but keeping him in mind there are performers who have hit that limelight in a very very big way and they because of that fame and the entire you know millions of people watching them they do their performances start to lose value in a way because of their lip syncing or because of you know just the generality of their performance. Well, Drake's performances don't have any value to me, so you I can't argue with you there. <laughs> but anybody else, do you think? Because I, um, I remember I've seen Khalid now uh, a couple times. Yeah. And the first time I saw him, I was it was awesome. Like he was still, um, sort of in his coming up stage. He was still getting to the limelight, and um, obviously his I really vibe with his music at the time, and um, still do. But when I went to the second or third concert that I um that I was there for. I feel like his connection to the audience and his general enthusiasm, his love for the music just didn't come through as much as it did initially. Is that something that is like inevitable? Is that just something that happens with fame and, and the entire realm of getting too big in the limelight? I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's a skill that you can lose touch with, Mm -hmm. but I don't think like it's necessary that you will lose touch with it no matter what. That's fair. I mean, there are performances I've seen of, of really, really big people. And to this day, they still perform like it's a one-on-one performance. Like it's just them and their dad and, you know, in the backseat of a car. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's crazy. I mean, keeping that connection is what's important too. Oh, and another thing, I forgot to talk about this earlier, but um, I know I know we did say that like to perform, you do have to be you and that's what it is at the barest sense of it. But I do know that it is a strategy while performing to kind of like adopt the persona of somebody else. And what, what do you think of that as like trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes to make a good performance? I don't know if that's like, I don't know how someone would do that. How do you like, if, if it's your performance, shouldn't you just be in your own shoes, bro? You would think, but okay, listen, here's <laughs> I don't wear shoes while I perform, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what you mean, though, because I don't get—I don't get how someone cannot be themselves while performing. That doesn't completely make sense to me. Well, I—I I was not actually thinking about this until right before my orchestra audition this year, because 
like a week before my oboe teacher was like, do you get nervous before you perform? Nah, you probably don't, do you? And that's, <laughs> that's when I realized like when I play oboe, I adopt this personality of somebody who like feels that he's the best or like really truly like believes in this uh aspect about him even though that's not true like I know I'm like a very mediocre oboe player but when it's my time and when I'm playing like I become the version of me that thinks that he's the best oboe player in the world you know what I mean that's that's way more powerful than I was expecting that's that's an amazing point because not only I don't know if that's so much as being somebody else while you perform but more of like the, the mental mindset that you create for yourself so that you perform better for sure yeah because like natural like natural me is like way too anxious to, <laughs> to just <laughs> you dude, dude stop selling yourself short you're, you're good but i get that i get the whole thing of I, I i feel that too because regardless of what i'm doing i definitely feel like if i if i feel like i'm the best one in the room and i pretend like i am even if i'm not and like you're saying even if i am anxious and nervous and whatever it is if i put myself in those shoes of i'm the best one i should be here i deserve to be here then I think that performance and confidence comes have, out better. Yeah, you have more of a chance of actually getting what, Absolutely. You, what you're looking for, even, Absolutely. If, even if you don't think it's true. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's a super cool aspect about uh, performance because you actually have to, like, train your mind to think a certain way in order to get the results that you want. And true. I, that's really special. True. Especially because, uh, like, going, going back to soccer, too, I remember that I... Like you're saying, <laughs> we're, not, we're not professionals, right? We're still mediocre. Yeah, like, yeah true. We're still, true. like bad in the sense but when you when you step onto the field and you and you say that you can make the passes you can make you can score the goals you can get the job done then that confidence is instilled in you regardless of who is behind you telling you what you can and can't do for sure um and that's that's one sense of it and i i don't know if you saw this going like this is a little bit of a uh different topic but did you see that video on on social media that there was some dad who had a conversation with his kid and like it was a super harsh conversation. He was like, if you don't play better, I'm going to take you out next season. Dude, and, I like, did see that. I was scrutinizing that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, this, this, this video was like bad. The dad is really going harsh on the kid and everything. And then there's a whole other like population of people who are like, if my dad never told me that, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, be yeah, where yeah, I am sure, today. For sure. And that's, that's the whole behind the scenes part of it that no one um, wants to talk about in the limelight. Because when you get there, everyone's like, oh, it's you doing the thing. It's... It's the tennis play. It's Novak doing all the moves, and he's making all the moves, but no one's talking about who's behind you telling you who you can yeah, or what you can do. It's the whole, like, black swan whiplash thing where, like, unless you're part of it, nobody really understands the kind of, like, pain, and yeah. uh, you really, you've got to, like, live the part. You know what I mean? Shit. That's a good movie, Whiplash. Oh, dude, I love that's that such movie, a good bro. Movie. The, that's, a, that's a movie where you can literally see and feel the pain that he goes through. Yeah, yeah. And it's so tough watching that movie, too, because... Because he he's, wants it, dude. Like it, it's so like important to him that like he he like willingly accepts and strives for the pain, dude. It's but crazy his instructor and conductor is like the acting obviously is insane in the movie. But he just goes so hard on the kid, and I you're know. like, oh, dude, stop! He's bleeding. Stop! I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he like he doesn't stop either. He just keeps playing and going back at it, and that's that's respectable. That's true passion right there. It's crazy, yeah, because. Uh, I think it'll show that 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 part of the uh, that aspect of performing will show in your performance. Definitely, you know the practice you've put in, the time you've put in, the hard work, all of that definitely comes out in a good performance. And um, at the end of the day, that's what that's what you want to see. Yeah. So uh, the next thing that we want to talk about a little bit is the whole concept of performance versus athletics. So Rich is 
Rish is definitely more of the athlete and I'm more of the musician. And so uh, we will both want to talk a little bit about how those things are similar and different. Like should, should athletics be considered a performance? I don't know because let's be honest, I was a mediocre tennis player for a few years and now I'm not even that. So I, yeah, I can't say him. that I'm very qualified. Oh, <laughs> shut up, bro. <laughs> I can't, can't say I'm that qualified to speak on the athletics point of view from it. So what, what do you think? Like as, as an athlete, bro, <laughs> I am far from an athlete, but, um, I think we've touched on this quite a bit also, uh, along the, uh, episode, but, it's very, very similar in terms of the field as your stage, and as a as a as a as a musician or any sort of uh, arts performer, the stage is your stage, and um, in a sense, you still have to go through the same hard work and same determination, passion, all of that, and and the practice that gets you to where you are. It's just that the final destination is different based on what you're performing, and the difference is that like like we were talking about before, if you're playing on a team, you've got ten other people behind you holding your hand, uh, being there with you, mo- making all the moves with you. But uh, if you're a soloist or, you know, like a stand-up comedian or something, it's all you. The steps you make are all you. The, you know, the plays you make, that's all on the back of your hand. And um, that's, that's one of the biggest differences, I think. That- well, what do you think about, like, the mental? Because I do, I do think that, like, the, um, the steps that you take to get to that point are very similar. But I do think athletics is a little bit more physical concentration and uh, – for me, like for me, music, that's my like performance outlet. For me, that's a little bit more about uh, your mindset and your mental focus. Mm, I would say they're pretty similar again. I, I know this is going to be like a, a differing opinion thing, but just, just because we come from uh, different backgrounds or different, uh, you know, like. Yeah, 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 for sure. You, you know what I'm saying. But there's still the, I think there's an element of like physical. There's an element of how do we there's talk a- about <laughs> There's an element of how do we top that? <laughs> Guys, I got clowned for saying that so much on the second, what was the first episode? Oh my God. Oh, we're going to, it wasn't even that funny. <laughs> I bet there's like a meme page that exists solely for our podcast. <laughs> That'd be so good. It's, it just gets the, it's the, it's the exact, like, that's how we get famous. Oh, true. Through memes. Getting, yeah. Through memes, bro. Yeah. Yeah. We're the next, we're the next Andrew Yang guys. Didn't you say that? Didn't you, weren't you telling me that, um, the biggest way to get popular these days is through a meme or something like that? I don't know about the biggest, but meme meme relevancy definitely is one of the biggest ways to that's get popular. So that's it's the whole like Lil Pump six nine thing. But that's we'll we'll save that for a different episode, guys. <laughs> that's honestly memes are a whole conversation topic in itself. But anyways, yeah, athletics versus uh, for me it's music, but like other different different kinds of performances, mm-hmm. very very similar turns out. So yeah, well the thing is that one of the underlying reasons that we wanted to talk about performance and this whole concept of being in the limelight is we're doing this podcast right now. There's no one watching us, but we still have the inherent uh, anxiety or stress that oh, yeah, yeah, people yeah. are going to be, people oh, are going to be listening to it. And- I ain't stressed. Bro. Y'all, y'all be listening. Y'all be hating, bro. I'm big chill and recording these episodes. <laughs> All right. Speak for yourself for me. <laughs> I guess I would say I'm stressed, but I definitely, I feel the pressure of the people listening. A oh, yeah, bit. I definitely, like, because, like, I don't know if you consider this a performance, but I do have to, like, put myself in a specific mindset to do yeah. to do this podcast. And also, I think that's why our second episode turned out way better than our first one, because we were still, like, unsure of ourselves. According to the people. According to the, according people. To the people, yeah. <laughs> but also according to us. But, um, 
It's true. We were like, we were definitely more unsure of ourselves for the first episode uh, than the second episode because the second episode we kind of had like a, a better grasp of what we wanted to do and how we were gonna do it. And is is the whole like we practice better so we could perform better. We had a better mindset going mm-hmm. in. So, and it's not necessarily that we're practicing, but just the muscle memory of how do we talk to each other? How do we top that? How do we? <laughs> Damn it, dude! Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is you and I talk to each other every day. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we come and sit right here and in front of the microphone, everything changes. For sure, for sure. Everything's like, I don't even Suddenly know who I gotta, you are, bro. Yeah, I got to start respecting Rich all of a sudden. <laughs> Dude, the disrespect. <laughs> Bro, I'm just, I'm or just kidding. I'm going back I'm to the British no, accent. No, 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 no. <laughs> you deserve it. We're going back. Oh my God. <laughs> we're going back. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're, we're ending this so that you have to listen to as little of Rich's British accent before as we go. Before we go completely, we do want to say thank you all for listening to our podcast. We know we're not the best, but we hope you're getting something out of it. We hope you understand the... This, the backstage stuff of being a performer, what happens in the limelight. We hope you understand that there's things that go into being a performer okay, that you're you don't long. understand. Stop. Listen, <laughs> if, you, if you are a performer, if you're any sort of like athlete, performer, musician, any of this stuff, please feel free to tweet us your thoughts on what it's like to be a performer. Just just tweet it and use the hashtag oddfish and we'll we'll retweet, respond on our personals, all that sort of stuff. And if you have if you have any ideas for what we should do next, then also tweet us hashtag oddfish. We would we would appreciate it. Absolutely. And reminder that we are on Spotify, Apple Music, and Anchor now. And you can go on Anchor and give us questions and feedback directly through the app through voice messages. So let us know. Keep us in check. And uh, we're signing off, eh? <laughs> <laughs>